You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sunday, April the 13th episode of After the Show. This is episode 13, and this week we're taking a look at uh, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. It's a 2007 movie. It was released a couple of weeks ago on April the 1st, so you can go out and grab it now. It's only available on DVD from DreamWorks, but thanks to our friends at Paramount who sent it over. And hello to Sid Talk, sitting over the opposite side of the microphone. Hello. Hello. And it's your turn to tell us what it's all about. My turn to speak. Correct. You didn't make much fanfare about the 13th episode on the 13th. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Yep. And the fact that the DVD came out on April 1st, you know, there's a bit uh, theme going on there. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Did you want me to say anything else? Do you want me to give the synopsis already? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the synopsis I'm, is... I'm not interested in the numbers. <laughs> well, Sweeney Todd's not a new story, right? It's been adapted over the kind of last few hundred years, a couple hundred years. And in this particular version, there's a man who was wronged. His young wife, he was sent to prison wrongly. His young wife was then, um, we'll say, attacked by this judge guy in town, rich judge guy, who then took over the raising of their young daughter, the barber guy who got sent off to prison. And now the barber guy's come back to town for revenge. And it's bloody. And it's based on Stephen Sondheim's musical of the same name. Um, using his songs yeah. and it's that that version of Sweeney yeah, Todd. Yeah, exactly. But with Tim Burton's weird black. It's not weird. Uh, I think no, it's, it's I, not weird. I think it's slightly weird. I think that's not weird. It's not weird just because you say that. Dark then. Darkness. Tim that's Burton's dark side added to it. Um, so what did we think? What did you think of the movie? I loved it. I've seen it twice now. I, mean, I absolutely love it and I have no explanation. Oh, let me... Um, I have no explanation. The first time I watched it was on my laptop with my headphones poked in when I was at that hotel. And I mean, I was just enthralled. And I don't know if it was because I was there alone and had like nothing else to do. But I, but I don't think so because I thought that this time. When I'm when it started, I'm like, well, unfortunately, maybe the shine's going to rub off. I'm not going to love it as much. But I absolutely was totally into it. And I have no explanation because I'm not a fan of musicals. I'm not a huge fan of Johnny Depp. Uh, I do love Tim Burton movies. I think pretty much every one I've ever seen. But it wasn't that either. I can't even explain it. I just really got into the character and the the whole revenge thing and how sad it was and well, I'll give you my uh, take on it. I sat down. I'm not a fan of musicals. It started. The credits rolled, and the credits were pretty cool looking. And then Johnny Depp opened his mouth to sing. And I thought, I don't want people to sing. I'm not going to like this. But then, about ten minutes after that, I'd forgot people were singing, and I actually started to dig it. Right. So at first, I was kind of like... There was a lot going on for you there. It was kind of stressful. Well, it was sitting down, and I don't like uh, going. Second, I am I am a fan of Johnny Depp. Um, I am a fan of Tim Burton. I would say. I mean, I'm a fan of Johnny Depp. I'm just not one of those people who laps up every single thing he does. Although I have liked probably every single thing I've ever seen except the Ninth Gate. I did have the feeling of when it started. Oh my god, 
I don't think I can deal with two hours of people singing at each other. I thought that too the very, the first time yeah. I watched it, but then I the same. The, but then I had that thing. Well, I've and got this, a couple things. This to literally watch. is it's a traditional kind of musical, as in there's nearly always a song happening. It's not as much dialogue. There is but some there dialogue. Is dialogue. Yeah, there it's is. not all sung. It's not all. There's no dance numbers. But there's nothing like. There's a lot of people turning to each other and singing, like a lot. But the words <laughs> are the dialogue. Are the dialogue, yeah. So that doesn't. That, maybe that's what it is. And there was none of the like, hey, you know, like West Side Story stuff going no, on. No, it's or a bit more like grim that. than that. Yeah, none of that. I mean, there was no like group <laughs> singing. It was all one character to another or to themselves. So it didn't feel like the beginning of American Idol where they all get up on stage and sing together. Ugh. We love that. We, we always, love that. We we use the power of uh, power of DVR to skip past that. Part yes, I guess I think of that it, like there's no like thriller scenes. You know what I mean? Even though Kevin Smith did it in his lovely Clerks too, I just don't. I'm not a fan of the West Side uh, Story. Uh, yeah, the the thing where they all like. Yeah, well, this isn't that. But. Although you did suggest that we sing our way through this podcast, yeah. and I... Should we, we sing I, this I, podcast? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> everything, you sing, everything you sing ends with, yeah. I do it in the style of a lounge lizard. <laughs> <laughs> I learned everything I know from... Name a lounge, a lounge lizard. Larry. <laughs> lounge suit Larry. Leisure suit Larry. That guy from That's video a game. Games. That's a game. Oh, he was a lounge lizard. Anyway. So I loved it, I, and I can't explain it 100%. There are times when I thought, well, we'll go on it. We'll go into the movie part in a minute. Well, we're into the movie part. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Well, we, we've, <laughs> we've, we've progressed, yes. <laughs> we don't, Even though not. we didn't say, the movie, the movie, the movie, we're still in the movie. <laughs> we don't so, need to chunk it up. Me, it's got Tim Burton stamped all over it. It's The story itself, this is what got me, right? And I, I don't know if, I think I consciously made the effort. The first time. Because I was like you. I wasn't 100% convinced I was going to like it. So I just really latched on to the idea of this man coming back to London. And a young man who's you know wrongly imprisoned. And then his wife is... He doesn't know what happened to her. But he knows you know he's been through 15 years of prison somewhere. And it's the, we're talking about the late 1800s. So it couldn't have been pleasant. It's all grimy and dirty and horrible. Are you saying that he dropped his soap in the showers? <laughs> Something happened to him in that way. I wasn't thinking of that. I could probably think of more more horrible things that could have been <laughs> happening. But um, so I just kind of latched onto the idea of loving someone, being in love with someone so much, and then having that ripped away from you for no reason, and now coming back bitter and angry, and then finding out the tale even gets worse. That you know, it's actually there is no going back. And I was trying to attach myself to that, like. And I did. It just was almost like effortless after that. And then I really got into it. Like, I didn't mind the story of the revenge and killing people and the song about, you know, uh, whatever it is. There's a world of something in the people in the pit and they're all full of shit. You know whatever that song yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And he's real angry and he, he's looking out and saying, like, everyone deserves to die. And it's like his whole, you know, I'm not a people person. So I didn't really have a problem with him. Uh,. You know, yeah. <laughs> killing the people and chopping yeah. them up. It's the character of Sweeney Todd, he's dark, brooding. He doesn't really care about it's, anybody. Uh, yeah, it's, anybody uh, is he? He's fo- well, life. Well, he cares about his. He care. He basically all he seems to care about is exacting his revenge. Yeah, exactly, and that yeah. is the whole the whole thing of it. And uh, I just got into that, and you know, I've seen more. Con- 
I won't say contemporary movies. It's a new movie. But I mean movies based in modern day or future or whatever it is that have the same kind of theme. You know, some dude comes back to it. You know, we're talking, they're all kinds. Lethal Weapon, Mad Max. You know what I mean? They're all kinds of movies. And some of them just don't capture me the way this one did. And I just... Mad Max captured me. It's pretty good. It did, but in a different way, you know? Yeah. This one was more sad and brooding and, like, less... Mm, there must have been the darkness that I liked, particularly. This movie looked really good. I like how it looks. Mm-hmm. I like the, um... Desaturation. And just shadows. Like, it's it's just... It's grim in the... It's filthy and grim yeah, and think, horrible. When it first starts, I actually think, because the first scene where the ship's coming in to the harbor thing or into the river and stuff... I'm thinking, oh, something. When I watched it on the laptop, yeah, I thought it was my laptop. There was die. something wrong yeah. with it, and so I messed around with it, and nothing really worked, you know. And then as the movie goes on, you, I thought that a little bit more, and then it's obvious at different scenes where the emotion is different. It's just fine, you know. It's different. So, I mean, you get the bright sunny day when they're on the beach, and you get the like or, nice bright room when, or just when he stood in his. Um, Bar- where his barber's chair is, is a big window. Yeah, if the light's coming out, the light's just on right. him perfectly. Yeah, so you know it's supposed, supposed to, to be, be that way. And if you, some people I think couldn't tolerate that. I think people would be irritated a little bit, feeling like it's pretty. You know, the people who whine and piss and moan about, oh, on a rainy day, I feel so d- yucky and down. That's the kind of people I think would be like, this. <laughs> you're like, now <"Nabby." laughs> the Jewish old ladies who say that. <laughs> everyone this is no that's a snotty female of any generic type being like you know oh it's just so grim and dark i mean it does it does make you think you know victorian london was a pretty stinky grimy place was it see i wasn't there well i was actually (laughs) i was born there you're older than i thought yes uh according to historical accounts yeah full of rats full of it's just a horrible you know it's not like today's world it's sewage in the streets sewage in the streets the thames is full of shit so and this was like even overdone it was like made everything look even worse than that didn't it even worse than you could imagine like it was yeah you felt like there was no escaping even in the mansion where the rich judge lived. everybody was filthy even then it felt like as soon as you walked out you would just feel (laughs) you know the way i feel about touching raw meat you know even in a very cool as well, it was really well done, but it is like grim. There's not, there is a couple of lively moments. Oh, and there's lots of comedy. I mean, there's lots of humor, not yeah. comedy, just well, humor. And a warning: if you don't like gore or blood, blood. you should stay away from it. There's not a well, lot not of gore. gore. Well, uh, maybe a brain or two. Yeah, but you don't even notice. They only mention that in the after. I was thinking more of like, it. I was thinking of blood more of gore, but just like, blood, yeah. But like razors slashing throats. Yeah, obviously. but it's. It's theatrical blood. That's yeah, but the it's thing. pretty. It's it makes me wince. It did every time. I, I just mean, knives across. Ni- the when they rub a knife across a skin, it's just horrible. Like when you see it cut into it. Well, you don't you don't like surgery stuff though. Uh-uh. To me, I winced more just at the like, at that moment. I'm thinking, he is totally over it. He has absolutely no He's all he cares he about. Yeah, and everyone he does is just one step closer to him. Kind of getting his final revenge and when the people fall down into the basement from his crazy chair that he built you know they're not exactly uh realistic looking let's be honest no but it was well done i thought (laughs) and that's one thing that kind of pulls me out occasionally is like that you know it's um but i liked it because like 
I was the movie Dead Alive, you know, where there's really fake, horrible gore going on. And See, and I was thinking, like, when they fell down the hole and they, you know, well, if people don't know out there, the story is Sweeney Todd, there's a, he has a barber's chair. He kills, he kills the customers by slitting the throat with his razor. And then they fall down a hole and then they are made into meat pies by the lady underneath. Mrs. Uh, Lovett. Mrs. Mrs. Lovett makes them into pies. She makes them, she makes meat pies that she sells with human remains inside them. She makes human pies. Yes. Let's just... Yeah, let's just say that. <laughs> but anyway, um, when they fall down the hole and you say, oh, they don't look very real, I was thinking more of like, well, like, because this is a stage play. Mm. It's kind of like a... I don't know if he wanted it to look more real, but I was thinking, well, that's kind of like how it would have looked in a stage yeah, play. Yeah, that's what I mean, theatrical. Yeah. The blood and that are very, like, I think, stage. Which I like it, because it gives it a... It gives it a feeling of the, of the stage play as well. Yeah, but see, the problem movie. with that is the rest of the movie doesn't have that. It's no. a very kind of cinematic feel. And it then, feels quite small, the movie, I felt. Yeah, very like, really claustrophobic. Small. Well, that's part of the darkness. Yeah, yeah. You feel like there's no way out anywhere. There's a wall everywhere you turn. There's always the end of every street or a wall right in front of you. You feel like you're in... You're yeah, like, and I think that's part of it. I mean, and that's part of the... Which I liked as well. If you think about it, if you saw it in a theater... Same kind of thing. But, um... Yeah, I guess we kind of brushed over the whole I, the whole real point of that's the why I gruesomeness. Because <laughs> the original story is just that there yeah. was a... I mean, the legend of Sweeney Todd is, as you will see in the extras, just a guy killing people and then giving them to his neighbor to make into pie. And he's only doing it for money, out of their pocket. So that's the heart of it. But in this one, of course, they kind of... She kind of longed for him the... Mrs. Lovett, who I loved. I know. I, what I was uh, going to say is, like, because I'm British, you're American, we have kind of a different perspective on you're things. You're British? And, you could have told me before today. Um, Sweeney Todd's just kind of ingrained in British school kids. You hear it at school. You do it. We did it in a musical at school. Most kids do it in a musical at school. You, as Americans, you don't... I had never heard of Sweeney Todd until I saw Jersey Girl. And then, even then, I didn't exactly. know what it was. And when, <laughs> and when the little girl was doing Sweeney Todd in the musical on Jersey Girl, I said to you, I added this at school. That's strange. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, a, you were in a play. So I don't B, know. what? I mean, Amer- Americans who like musicals will have obviously heard of Sweeney Todd because it was on Broadway as well, not, not just in London. Mm. So, but, you know, if you're not a musical fan, which I'm not. I'm not. So you don't really know the, all the musicals? No. The cats. Yes. Sweeney Todd. Again, a reference to Jersey Girl. <laughs> the cats. In Jersey Girl. Take it to the cats. So, while we're on the subject of the movie, the songs, they're obviously the big, yeah, a big two, part of yes, the movie. The I, biggest part of the movie. Two favourites. I really like the songs. Um, not all catchy. No, but, you know. Some just further the story on and you got... Joanna. Yeah. You know that it just like haunts your mind and I didn't I didn't really like that character very much but it was all right it was fine. You mean the the young lad. He's like the handsome prince but he's a bit of a ruffian. Yeah. He didn't have any of those qualities that I was I don't know. I didn't like the daughter either but you know. Yeah, well unfortunately they weren't really that big a part of it. They weren't but no. they were. But they were At they, the was, heart they of were it. supposed to be the heart of the story. Yeah, they're they? the heart of well you just have to see it to get the whole picture. Yeah. But, but yeah, my favorite song, the one where they're, they, Mrs. Lovett, comes up with the idea to grind up like his first victim, who you can discuss in a minute because it's one of your 
<laughs> you like him. Yeah, well, and, and Mrs. Girl. Lovitz pies with really horrible. Mention, uh, before she gets human, <laughs> um, the human content are disgusting. Oh, they're, really? Disgusting. They're just bad pies, aren't they? With, and if, you, with cockroaches if things in, in uh, Tim Burton movies are dim and dark, well, the pies, they're mold. <laughs> they're just There's gross. mold on them. There's cockroaches on them. And it even shows them. people eating them, and it's just, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, it's gross. But the, my favorite favorite song is that one, whenever she comes up with the idea, and then she he gets what she's saying, you know, about grinding up this first victim. We can make meat pies. Um, and that song, then, when they're saying... Do you have a priest pie? Or kind of looking pie out of the window. Or, looking the... out the window and the menu would be like, can I have a poet? Can I have a priest? Can I have a judge pie? Kind of thing. And that, that was pretty funny. And why was why was it, why didn't he want a poet pie? What was the... Uh... Because, no, she said the problem with poets you is you know. can't tell if they're deceased. If they're dead, if they're dead yeah. yeah. That's not very nice for the poets <laughs> in the audience. <laughs> but um, yeah, I liked the songs. Um, most of them were good. There were some really memorable ones too. I really liked... The I really like the one with the hair tonic. I always like that one. Yeah, that I think good. that might have been one I had to sing at school. You know. Oh right. But I always thought that one was funny. But they can't. They speaking of the hair tonic. Let's move on to probably someone who you were glad to see, Sasha Baron Cohen. Did we go on to the cast? No, I'm just saying he's part of the movie <laughs> as his character. The cast. All right, then let's start. Let's the go on to the cast. <laughs> Johnny Johnny Depp is Mr. Number One in the cast. Um. Number yeah. one on the list. Number one. Well, he's a leading man. He is. He's um very good. He is, and he I sings his like, own song. I don't like to say he's the same in things because he isn't. He has some really distinctive characters that he plays, obviously. But there's always it's always Johnny Depp being that person. Hmm. He's never disappears into a character where that I can remember, except uh, maybe in that. Into the Night, is that the name of it? Or The Dark of the Night, or something, where he was like that weird... No, um, <laughs> I forget what it was called. But it, where he was like a, a peripheral character. But uh-huh. it's always Johnny Depp being that person. So that's what you're seeing, you know, in my mind. Like, you have kind of flashbacks of Edward Scissorhands. You have kind of flashbacks of yeah. Captain Jack. You yeah, have... he never gets completely... But, I mean, that's part of being an actor. You have to be who you are, right? And then act the part. But... I think he's really good. He's really, um, I don't find him particularly attractive. And I know Me neither. Gonna... <laughs> hey, we got a lot in common. <laughs> I just don't, I mean, obviously he's a beautiful, I mean, he's one of those people with the chiseled jaw very, and everything. Uh, he comes across as artistic to me. Yeah, he's very artistic when you, well, I don't know about I mean, in real life when you see him. I think he's just being one of those... He's extremely wealthy, right? And yet he wants to do the whole... Before Night Falls. Yes, that's it. Where he's just like that See, um, one of my favorite. One of my favorites uh, with Johnny Depp was Blow. That's the one I'd recommend to anybody if they want to see a good Yeah, that's Johnny a good Depp one. Movie. That is a good one. Really that good. is a different one where he... He's not being Johnny Depp. Yeah, exactly. That is a good example. But in this one, I mean, he does f- excellent. And the singing's fine. And, I mean... And he actually sings. Yeah. Which... Sing. Real time. All of them sing. Yeah. It's a bonus. Um, Helena Bonham Carter. Which I misspelled, I know. On the I know you know. <laughs> I knew not, you'd know what it is. Helena right. Bonham Carter. Yes. Um, you know what? I've never really liked her that much. I like her. But I, I've never been like, oh my I, God, I love her. But of course, Fat Club, she was cool in. And I liked uh, Corpse Bride, which, you know, it's not really. She's going to be in the 
Harry Potter. She, oh, know, is she? Yeah. But in this one, I loved her because I loved Mrs. Lovett. I don't care that she was the demented um, person who thought of the whole grinding up people plot. I really liked Helena Bonham Carter in this. I really liked her in this and Corpse I love Bride. her little movie movements and I love her attitude and she reminds me of one of my sisters at a lot of different times. I, I don't know how to explain that either, but she does in, in a very charming and uh, sort of like inviting way. I just really, really enjoyed watching her. And, she's and also, I do find her attractive. And she's also the girlfriend of uh, the director, Tim Burton. Correct. So um, that must have made uh, things on set kind of uh, funny sometimes. They seem to have a bit of tension between them. Not bit. bad, but in that artsy not, way, like you not said. Not tension, you know? more like um, banter. Like, yes, like, yes. Like she kind of disses him for stuff. There's a bit of drama him. there, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. The Sheriff of Nottingham. You knew who that is. He's also Professor Snape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was mispronouncing Rickman. Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yes, I love Reichman, him, and Reichman. I do find him attractive, and I find his sexy voice very attractive. And so do I. And his little stubbly jaw. And he plays Judge Turpin. You do find him attractive. Yes. How oh, cool. He plays Judge Turpin. Um. Evil. Very evil. Bad. Corrupt judge. The ever bad. The scene where he's like. Where he hangs the kid. Where he's at. Oh, he didn't hang him. <laughs> well, sentences him to be hanged. Well, no, thing. the scene to me that clues you in. To who he really is, is when he takes that young guy in and and says, you know, the concubines of India, the geishas of Where he's Japan. rubbing his hand on the He's rubbing the books. books and you're thinking he's completely perverted in his mind and yeah. he, God knows what he did to the mother and who knows what he wants to do to the 15-year-old daughter and, uh, you know, it he's just pretty, gives you the creeps. He's what I, you call fucked up. <laughs> And then you. I thought we were going to go one week at least without the explicit tag. It isn't this week. <laughs> you um, only put those three, but I, yeah, I, know, I also want to mention Timothy Spall. Yeah. Alfie the same pet. Alfie, oh, where are you going? He's kind of got this little niche um, typecast thing as horrible, sweaty, creepy. kind of creepy bloke. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, I like him. I think he pulls that off. He totally. does that like thing up to the side. It makes, you, like, just, it makes you kind of cringe a bit. Yes. Just... But he's good at it. Has he ever not been cringy? Well, I guess last, really. the last Samurai he wasn't. No. Well, he was kind of. He was kind of... In Last Smarmy. Samurai, he was even a bit... Not bad. He was like an agent kind of guy, wasn't he? Like a weird kind of... Yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't like this. No. He wasn't... No. He, this, in this one, he's like the assistant guy or the... Sort of the agent to the judge. He's always that guy. And he's just... Ugh. Yeah, he's, he's... If you know who Timothy Spall is and you've seen him... What was the other thing we saw him in recently? We did a review. Oh, I can't remember. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Now. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> just, I know what you're talking you, about. Now, I'm going to move on to Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Do you mean Borat? <laughs> no, I mean Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> no, I mean uh, Ali G. You know, your man. Your British guy. He was quite good. I really like him. I think he's... Enchanted. You're enchanted by Sasha Baron Cohen? No, um, <laughs> Timothy Spall oh, yes, was a weaselly yes, guy. Weaselly guy, yes, totally. Yeah. And you didn't like him in that one? No, but I, I think he's good at doing. I that. just don't know if I like him at all, and but I think I've he's appropriate. F- I've got fond memories of him. Uh, I liked the Peter Pet, but yeah. he wasn't creepy in that. He was just, just fine. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're moving on to uh, Sasha. 
He yeah. plays the uh, fake Italian da, 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 yeah, it's pretty funny. barber guy. I thought it was funny. Yeah. He was good. He sang. Funny very tight well. pants. His penis was showing. Very tight pants, and I was like, whoa, you can see the whole package there. <laughs> Borat would be proud of that outfit, I must say. Yeah, but he is he's good. It was good. And he sang all right, too. Yeah, it's fine. Um, very um, operatic. Yeah. You know, like. And then he. Comedy opera. <laughs> yeah, he was funny. It was. Uh, what would you call him? Like it's like a snake oil salesman. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and selling the piss in a bottle for people to grow their hair. Piss and ink. Yeah, <laughs> uh, according Harry's, to Harry Stora, the barber. Yeah, so the cast was really the kid too. I good. didn't get his name, so you might want to look him up. The little kid who played Toby. Yeah, he was really good too. Toby I mean, I, was Ed Sanders. Ed Sanders was really good. I was yeah. impressed with him. He he uh, he has a really good singing voice too. Yes, very theatrical. And he was really good. I mean, his part was good. He he was threaded in and out exactly right. He wasn't like the charming little cute kid. He wasn't like the pouty little kid. It was like hard days for kids, you know, like he was an orphan or whatever and got knocked around. And so I thought, and he did a really good and job. And interestingly with- enough, Ed Sanders has never been in anything. Sweeney Todd's the first thing he's ever acted, sung, or anything in. He's ever directed anything? He's got to be at least nine years old. Not yet. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that's pretty good. For, good for his first movie. It was good. It was yeah. good. Um, so, yeah, cast overall was good. And the director, Tim Burton, we've talked about him a little bit, but... Do you see the list? Yeah, he's made a lot of movies. <laughs> I made a list of all the I don't um, know Stark of the Celery. Nope, those are very old. Those very early ones are like... Yeah. The Island of Dr. Agor, which I've never heard of. Stock of the Celery. Doctor of Doom. These are all ones I'd never heard of. Me but neither. Then they progressively come up to modern. I've not day seen there. Tim Burton's Hansel and Gretel. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it would. And Vincent. That might be interesting. Or maybe I've seen it. I don't oh, know. What was that one about? Vincent Van Gogh, maybe? Oh, I don't really? know. I didn't. I know. I don't know. I'm saying. What I'm about Frankenweenie? <laughs> I don't know. He's remaking it, though. It's on the list for a remake for 2009. Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yeah, I had forgotten about that. I don't know. You know what? I also forgot he did. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. So you can see there's a big long list there. And you do see his personality in all the ones I've ever seen. The World of Stain Boy. (laughs) 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 I'm telling you, see, makes you want to look up stuff. Yep. You never know. You know, you think of Tim Burton, you think of the big ones, and then there's lots of other ones. I've seen all of those, mostly. Big Fish was fantastic. I loved Big Fish. Edward was fantastic. Very. And... Mm. What was your what's your favorite one on that list? Well, from from the him. whole list. Um, I actually think now that I think about it, Edward Scissorhands. Even though it's not on, oh yeah, it is on there. It Edward Scissorhands there. would be my favorite by him. It's, I actually I think, think really Big good. Fish is my favorite. I like that one too, but Edward I, Scissorhands. I, I really loved that one, and this one. This one's topping the list pretty close. The, I like a lot of them though. I, I loved Mars Attacks. I, I loved. I didn't even know I did that one until I saw. That I didn't list. love Planet of the Apes with Marky Mark. Just, <laughs> I just put I just put Marky Mark because I forgot how to spell his last name. It just name. didn't need remaking the Planet <laughs> I'm sure of the he, Apes. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening right now, and every time someone calls him Marky Mark, he just like, <laughs> I am Mark Wahlberg, and I'm not Mark Wahlberg Marky. from our antique show. I'm from movies. <laughs> yeah, so Tim Burton, he's, he does a lot of movies. I think he's, he's one of um, current cl- top types of directors simply because he's got his own... He's against the grain kind he's of He's plugged into his own thing. 
Um, I don't know if he's against the grain. I think that he just has gotten lucky in the money department, and then studios are willing to kind of scoot along with him, you know? He's going to be doing um, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I saw that. Now, that'd be cool, because Alice in and Wonderland... And Frankenweenie. Alice in Wonderland is just a <laughs> fucked up story. If you can make that dark... Again, with the explicit. If you can make that Alice in Wonderland dark, like um, American McGee... It McG- is dark. Well, it's like friggin' crazy. American McGee did with the game. Like, it was really crazy. What did you call him? American McGee. That's his name? Yeah. Hmm. So, like he did with the game. Oh, I'm thinking McGee from Catwoman. No. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, American McGee made Alice the video game, which was like a dark version of Alice where she had like a star... Dark, you know, it, was, yeah. it wasn't the... Well, I don't think that's the direction he'll go, but I imagine the world. No, she's not going to be a murderer. No, well, she wasn't a murderer in that either, but what I'm saying is he, I think he'd go the nightmare route of it, yeah. rather than the fluffy... Top hats. He's refining his thing. Um, I'd like to see another animated movie from him too, though. I really love uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and, and Corpse Bride. And Corpse Bride, both of them, yes. So, conclusion. Conclusion. Now, this is an interesting one. Or do you want to discuss the DVD extras? No, we do the DVD extras before oh, right. the conclusion. Is we? that on the outline? <laughs> your, your outline's kind of bizarre. Today. <laughs> Now, just let me leave the uh, leave the <laughs> leave the staging area. Let me just describe the staging area to you, if I may. And I'm, I'm breaking the fourth wall here, right? Of uh, the illusion of or third wall is it in a podcast? We have a nice um, microphone. We have a beautiful microphone. It's lovely. It's very it's the, classy. It's the um, let me uh, if okay, if you're interested in doing a podcast, <laughs> leave and you want a nice there. microphone. This is the Samsung. It says it on the back, but I can't read it. Pattern. Multi-pattern. It's the Samsung uh, CO3U. And that's the... It's a USB uh, condenser microphone. And it says recording slash podcasting pack. Exactly. (laughs) And it's sitting on... Let me just describe the setup to you here. It's very high tech. Uh, A toolbox that's sitting on a... $10 $10 bar stool that's sitting next to another $10 bar stool that has a little laptop on it. Uh, my chair, of course, is rolled over here. You're rolled over and you've got your mouse on your leg. Basically, the microphone's <laughs> worth more than the entire setup, right? <laughs> more than all of it. Not this. No, your laptop's more than that. But it's a funny little setup. We, okay. need, to, we need to be a little more... So prepared. after that brief interlude where we... <laughs> but yeah, uh, if... You are interested in podcasting yourself. You do need a decent quality microphone. Probably never talked about that before. Mm. The reason our podcast sounds decent is because we use a decent quality microphone. And it works really well. You plug it in via USB and it just works. And it's it looks really... cool. It, yeah. is, it is the microphone that's featured in the image that represents your podcast. Yeah, it's the, the standard. With the, you know, the cartoony thing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, if it. you're if you're listening to this on your iPod or you Zoom now, just take a look at the screen, <laughs> and you see that image. That's the microphone. That's the cartoon version. Yeah, um, it's as drawn you, by what me. What would you say? It's a, it's in a shock mount, so you don't get any vibration through your table or whatever, or through your cheap ten dollars stool and to a box. And uh, <laughs> it's cool looking. It's kind of retro looking. Yes, I love it. Um, okay, so let's move it on to the DVD extras after the uh, brief interview. Do we have to go through every single one? Because there's a lot. We're going to, yes. Because I'm going to write about them all. Okay, on disc one, you get the movie, which looked great. I I actually think it looked really great. It wasn't even letterboxed, it was full screen. Yes, I, mean, I not, love not that. Not full screen. Not full screen. But widescreen the for whole, real. Widescreen. The whole nine foot screen that we have. Yeah. That's what's great about it. I mean, that's the main, I mean, it's not nine foot diagonal. It's a, 
nine foot across. I don't do the diagonal dimensions. I think that's kind of... 100 cool. inches. Whatever, 104. I do know that, but I don't measure by that. Anyway, I was thinking it's going to be letterboxed, you know, and that's fine too. But it was the whole screen the whole time. And I was like, yes, I get the full whack of the big screen that I so lovingly built. Which they say is... Well, it's actually it's actually quite funny because on the back of the DVD it says, This film is presented in widescreen format. The black bars on the top and bottom of the screen are normal. So that's completely wrong because there is no black bars. And I had the screen on the Would right. it be different if you're watching it on like a DVD player on a TV or anything? Would that make any difference? It would if you was watching it on a 4x3 TV. But well, there only, you go. But only then. Yeah, but loads of people don't have widescreen TVs. So yeah, of course they would have the black boxes. Yeah, I guess that's just... I realize you like to live in the future, but not everyone does. But a anyway, lot of people anyway, have square it's, TVs. It's enhanced for 16 by 9 TVs, so it's actually the full... It's exactly yeah. the... Yes, and it was great. And it looked really good. That was the first There is one no I've HD seen. version available yet because of this DreamWorks Paramount thing. But there'll be a Blu-ray version. I don't think. particularly want to see that in a high def because the movie's got so much um, of the desaturation and so much CGI. You don't even realize how many backgrounds are fake and stuff. I don't want it to be crystal clear because I'm I not sure that the illusion. Did look really it did look really good, but I'm saying DVD. I don't want it to be any crispy clearer because I think it looks good, all dingy and dark and. Because the other week when we watched There Will Be Blood and we commented on that the DVD didn't look very good, and I thought, well, maybe it's True. maybe I'm just getting used to maybe we're getting used to high def and DVDs just don't look that good anymore. But this one actually looked. To me, like a, a... It might be something to do with the... There's so much contrast as well. And yeah, it kind of hides stuff. There's maybe. really dark stylized, and light yeah. and... Yeah. So Whereas there will be Blood's big glaring open bright shots. I just wouldn't be afraid of it just because it's not an HD, that's all. Be, don't be afraid no, of it. No, but what I was saying is you can probably expect a HD version as soon as this um, hmm. Paramount thing pans out when they when they go back to Blu-ray again, which will be very soon, I think. Um, okay, disc one. There's two. It's a two disc set. There's actually a couple of versions available of this, but we got the two disc version, so that's what we're concentrating on. Um, on disc one, you get the movie and one little extra. Well, not a little extra. It's not pretty little. good one. It's called um, Burton plus Depp plus Carter equals Todd. And what? How would you describe it? I would describe it as it's just basically Talking Heads, which includes Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, and Helena. Helen Bonham Carter, Helen. Helena Bonham Carter um, and the producer guy just basically talking about how they came to get to make the movie. You know, why they make it, what when Tim thought of it, who saw the play and who wanted it, who went and found that musical guy to... Sonnenheim. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the producer guy is about 120 years old. <laughs> he's like, he's almost like a, a, he's a like zombie. He's like a skeleton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt bad for him. I don't know if he's ill or if he just looks like that. I felt really... I felt like he was really so, fragile. He he's had really a long, fragile. He's had a long career. Yeah, because he produced uh, The Sound of Music. Okay, so that, that was a decent extra on its own. And if you buy the single disc uh, version of this, you'll get that extra. That comes on the single disc mm. version. So if you spring for this double disc edition, you get disc two, which is crammed with stuff, right? It must have took as, as long as the movie was to watch the stuff. Uh, I don't think it was that long, but... It's possible. And I'm not allowed to disagree. Number one was Sweeney Todd is Alive, the real history of the demon barber. And that's just what it is. Like a little documentary. Yeah. Not, not so little. It's actually pretty long. It was it, long and uh, lots of cool little drawings and old newspaper drawings and book drawings. And, and the, if 
history of the story of Sweeney Todd. And basically... Oh, and there were experts, you know, those historians and people like that who always seem really, I don't know. I love them because they do all the research for the world and keep the history all written down. But then you just wonder because they have their own little take on things. And this is one of those stories, I guess, is debated whether it was based on a true person or fake person. But it seemed from all, there was no proof that this guy ever existed. So it's basically, what do you call it, folklore or like a... Yeah, but it did highlight the fact that we're talking about the 18th century here. This is 200 years ago, 300 years ago, right? There was also conflict on the date. And the thing was... There was some gory shit going on back then in on plays and in books and about, va- you know, that's when Frankenstein and vampires and all that stuff and the bloodier the better. Yeah, and the bloody stories that people wanted in the newspaper every day or every week or whatever. And people claim that now we're gory and we it's all gone to hell and we all like we're too violent and stuff like that. But I mean, seriously, no, that highlighted the fact <laughs> for me that. You know, I think it's an interesting historical thing to look back on. That humans are fascinated in blood and guts and weird... Right, and that was a time period when there was, like, this fancy Victorian thing going on, you know, with, like, the really... There was, like, two groups of people, I guess. Super wealthy and then the working class, and it was just... It highlighted that, so I thought that was a good extra. Yeah, and then there was the musical Mayhem, Sondheim, Sweeney Todd. That was just basically covering... Interviews with Sondheim yeah. and Tim Burton. Covering... Actually pretty interesting Why too. he liked it, why he turned it into a musical, why he wrote the music, why Burton hooked up with them to do his version. So that's and, good. And took you through where where it had been performed, you know, all the right. different places it had been performed and all the dates. And it's pretty factual stuff, wasn't it? It was pretty cool. Um, Sweeney's London. That was, was pretty good because it... Assuming that the story is fake, mm-hmm. but they still went back and sort of gave you a historical timeline and a place like the address that they give in the movie or in the story. He was like 186 Fleet Street, Fleet Street. Yeah. and what was really there at the time and what's really there. And it shows you what's now really like now? modern shots of it and then like telling you the kind of clothing, clothing that would have been going on and the politics of the day and all that kind of stuff. So that was really good, too. These and they're all pretty well produced. These they're kind of yeah, yeah. done in a serious tone. They're not kind of light hearted. They're kind of serious. I thought serious, but not like maybe like something you'd see on the Discovery Channel or the TLC, something like that. Um, Talking heads and lots of black and white photographs and drawings and yeah. Um, the next one is the making of Sweeney Todd, which was the one that was I said to you was this. This was obviously made for television to promote the movie. It's pretty talking heads, yeah. lots of dramatic music. Produced. Yeah, produced. Um, we lasted about 20, 10 yeah, didn't, seconds. We didn't that. watch it all. We watched everything, but not that one. Um, the next one is um, The Grand... We did not watch the trailers. The Grand... How do you say this again? Guignol? Guignol. Guignol. It's French. It's French. Oh, I'll say it. Grand Guignol. <laughs> A theatrical tradition. Oh, that's quite sexy. <laughs> that's my French. Can you say that later? I will uh, rub a garlic under my armpits as well. <laughs> okay, so that one was actually was really good. my favourite one of the whole That was lot really good. Because I had no idea that that movement existed. So this is a movement in Paris in the... 20s, 30s and 40s. Of, uh, of theatre productions that were kind of like exploitation theatre, I would kind of 
You know, like well, Grindhouse. It's like blood and gore, but in the theater. Blood and gore in the theater. So, like, Grindhouse movies are to the cinema. This was to, yeah. to the theater. And they were kind of. It makes not me uncomfortable. Good, not good quality plays. <laughs> it makes see. me uncomfortable. Just think about it. And I don't mind blood and gore. And I've been to places that are dark and places that are like alternative bars and even playhouses and stuff. But this seemed even more. Seemed kind of. Uncomfortable. Yeah, so you're basically watching a small play that leads up to somebody being killed brutally and right horrifically on the, st- on yeah, the stage. Not, not right on the stage. No, not for real. Not it's like not a snuff play. No, it's not eight millimeter. <laughs> they have figured out ways to do, or did. I mean, we're talking 2030s yeah. and 40s. This yeah. is a long time ago when they were starting to figure out, even then, effects. How to do their makeup to make it look like somebody's lost their had their eye gouged out or have their arm sliced off, and you're watching it happen, you know. And like the guy, one guy says, you know, your brain is convinced. I know this isn't real, but your the rest of you is feeling like I'm really watching this, and, and that's this, what is appealing. And the people it was really good. Had a lot of good interviews with people. And this theater, the Grand, <laughs> I can't say it, Grand Gunnol, is a theater in Paris. Which it didn't. I thought that was the name of the style. Well, the theater was actually called that. I had it written was on it? the front of it. Yeah. That's why why the rest of it was. Called. And um, it's a ba- it's basically a theater like if you know Paris at all. I've been to Paris, so I kind of know it. Where Pigalle is, which is the red prostitute area, red light district. When you come out of Pigalle, there's like these weird alleys and there's sex shops and all that kind of stuff on there. Now, in today's day and age. Well, like the guy said... It was then, too, he said. Yeah, exactly. It's, but anyway, these small alleyways just off Pagal, this is where this theatre kind of resided right at the end of one of these alleyways, and he was kind of saying how you don't just find this place. You know what you're going to see. Like, But the weird of, thing is it used to be a church. Yeah, it did used to be a church, <laughs> and then it then they left all the angels and the sculptures in there, yeah, so it made it even more... But it was creepy. a good extra because it's another thing. I didn't know about Sweeney Todd's story, right? I didn't know about that. Um, you mean the Gagal? The Gagal. People are going to be out there going, oh my God. <laughs> These people are idiots. They don't know how to say, they don't know how to speak French. Of course, we don't know how to speak French. I don't know how to speak French. I thought that was really good, though. And if you're interested, if that if you're into like goth theater or dark things, you can take it a step further and do some research on that. I think you'd probably find probably videos and stuff of it. And you of. will find that, that during, during this actual feature, it. It cut to a uh, theatre troupe here in the States mm, that yeah. do this... Reviving them. Yeah, in L.A. or somewhere, right? Um, it wasn't here. <laughs> in this town, no. No. Well, no. <laughs> okay. I so would say, I bet it's safe to say that we're the only people in this town... You know who, what? We even know that exists. <laughs> uh, then there was the Designs for a Demon Barber, which is the costume slash set design featurette. Interesting enough. Obligatory yes. for every DVD. Uh, and then there's a bloody business. That was showing you how they did the. Neck oh yeah, that, thing. that was actually really good. That was too. good. Uh, yeah, it showed you the neck ha- prosthetic thing that they used to make it look like a real person's yeah. getting their neck. So they slit. did. They set one up. Uh, the special effects team just set one up in a room and showed you how it worked exactly, and it's really cool and it really even bloody when you know what's happening. It's quite gross. Um, the movie phone unscripted with Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Always, I always like those. Yeah, they're all right. You know, I, I don't, I'm a little neutral on them. If I like it. Depends on the person, but I feel like the movie phone people are kind of obnoxious. I don't know why. I just feel like if it's, you 
if you're interested in them, you can go to moviephone.com and what watch them What it is is the two stars or the yeah two stars or the director and star of a movie. Nobody else around except you realize there are people behind the camera, but they're sitting there alone with two computer monitors. They're reading questions allegedly from people. We can only guess that they're real. From the internet. It's AOL. They're it's just, from the oh, internet. Oh, they, well, they've got, they've got a bloody instant messenger open and somebody's throwing But they can them. make up questions. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to miss it. Why would One they? of them was What's from the Fetus, Missouri. Fetus, Missouri. Okay? I'm not saying it's fake. I'm just saying. That's where. That's the place where Tim Burton and Johnny Depp met. Fetus, Missouri. <laughs> he even says that in the piece. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. A little bit of questionable there. And I don't mind because the two people that are doing it really make it what it is. Uh, I'm just not. I don't know. I like him. those two were fine. It was cool, and they're, they're not they're not so long that you get bored of them. No, they're no, pretty no. short, like. And you can go to Movie Phone on the line and watch a billion of them. Yeah. Um, and more is the next uh, feature, which actually consists of the theatrical trailer, a photo gallery, and a photo gallery set to some of the songs from the movie. Right. So that's the whole. I mean, I felt it was substantial. There's a lot of stuff there to watch. Substantial, yeah. Um, and it's got a nice package. The end. DVD <laughs> package? Yeah, it's good. It's got a little cover thing. Yeah, like a cover thing that goes over the DVD. People can't see what we're talking about. I'm just talking, I'm going to describe it. It's a cover thing that goes over the DVD. It's kind of metallic. And it's it looks like razor blades. It's a picture frame. But, but made out of razor blades. Yeah. So... Well, it's either. like a cardboard box with a hole cut in the front, and then you slide the DVD inside. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Nice package. Nice DVD. Excellent. Uh, nice movie. I would recommend this movie. Yes. Overall, <laughs> it's a thumbs up the ass. <laughs> what? Uh, we can't what does that mean? Have, we can't actually have thumbs up, can we, because of uh, somebody else. Somebody owns our thumbs? We can't point them up no. in the same direction? We have to point Screw them sideways that. or something. They're pointing up right now, boys. Come and get me. Up, oh, Mr. Roper's ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, or not. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Yeah, move on yeah, from Yeah, we that. have to definitely move on nice from that. Nice note. Um, we, well, we were meant to talk about this last week, but we didn't for some oh, yeah. reason. Because we had loads of other things on our minds. Um, we mounted our projector to the ceiling, so it's part of our... We didn't do it alone. I didn't have anything to do with it. Well, I did a little bit, but my sister's boyfriend was here, and he's a carpenter guy. He put the plate on the ceiling. He happened to be here and uh, it was basically a three man job. He put the board to the ceiling. I put the projector on the board. I I screwed the thing together, and then we all uh, kind of wiggled the. Who was the third man in that scenario? You. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so thanks very much. We. I'll have to uh, so remind got, you later that I'm not a man. So what I wanted to say was I got a projector mount from some online yeah, website. We're not 100% convinced it is a quality product. It works fine. Now we've got it set up. <clears throat> and I can't complain. It's working. I mean, but it's it is a pain a in the ass to get it straight. But once you've got it right, it's right. But getting it right... Is really a pain because here's how you do it. We had to. We have a drop ceiling in our basement, so we had to take a board, screw it to like three of the floor joists, so it was like a really stable across. Because then you had to mount the base of the holder to the board, and then there's like a pole that hangs down, and then on that pole is a rotary ball kind of a thing, and that's what the rest of the projectors kind of hung on, and it's got three things screwed to the top no. of it. 
So you get a lot of moving parts It's very there. sturdy. I mean, it's not like the projector's going to fall. Out. No, no, no. It's, very it's up there well. I mean, you, you said he even hung from it, right? Yeah. So it's not going to fall down. But it's the mechanism of straightening the projector. And when we're talking about a projector, like a sixteenth of an inch of a wiggle is like six inches on the screen. Mm-hmm. So when you think you've got it just right and then you kind of lift your hand away and it moves or settles, it was just like... So, oh, so oh, we learned oh. the art of overcompensating <laughs> yes. to get it to work. Yes. So we went, oh, let's just make it so it's firing in the air. Let's just wait. It Before we got to that point, <laughs> let's just recap. Uh, who was the first person to say... This, it's not going to work. Screw it. I'm just going to put it back on the shelf. That would be you. Yes. And I was so irritated by then. I was like, we're not giving and up. Then, and then something strange happened. Because we weren't even trying. And then it just it just worked. I was trying. You just didn't see it. It was subtle. No, you, it was subtle. No, you wasn't. Because you was just like, oh, okay. And then no, all of a no. sudden, it was perfectly straight. I was very focused. I was and just not as vocal as I had been. Interestingly, since that day, it's been perfectly straight. Until... You said yesterday it was crooked. No, it wasn't crooked. It just moved to the side a little bit. I mean, what I'm talking about is... Up and down. It doesn't matter about... Just this was straight. This horizontal. Is, yeah, so long as the horizontal is straight and doesn't move, it's fine. Like, I mean, no, the vertical. Up and down is... It, yeah, so long as the up and down is in right. the right place. Uh, but no, it didn't move, really. It moved and like this much. Yeah, well, that's not perfect. No, it was, it was fine. Because all I did was just... And today the movie was full screen and it looked perfect. It filled every single bit of the white of the screen. And yeah, so, right. you know, it's fine. It's a fine projector mount. If I had to do it again, I'd probably pay double and get one that was better. Right. I think. But for $50, $40 actually, $39.99, um, I, I didn't expect a lot. Right. And I got kind and of... And it got the shelf out of the middle of the room. And it does work. It's up on the it, ceiling and we're watching movies from yep. it. Yep. Um, so, home theater's coming along. We Next thing is curtains, blackout curtains, and a new... Oh, we all, I also... Mm? Part of the projector mount thing was this week. I also ran uh, HDMI cables through the ceiling. Right. And component cables. If you need cables, <laughs> I'm, we're not being endorsed by these people. No. And you heard from it from about them from uh, Patrick Norton. And my friend Ray. On Tagzilla. And my friend Ray, who uh, bought some for his projector. But anyway, if you need cables, do not, under any circumstances, go to Best Buy and buy HDMI cables or component cables. Go to monoprice.com. Monoprice. M-O-N-O-P-R-I-C-E. And you will get... They're amazing. I I had a monster HDMI cable, basically, before I got my... Basically, or you did? Before I got my new cable, I had a... Monster HDMI cable, which I showed you them both side by yeah. side. The monster cable looks like a cheap piece I of crap. I don't know if that means anything, though. I don't know what that means. Well, it does. Well, let put it this way. No, because I don't know what the, the quality is. The thickness of the, the HDMI cable from Monoprice, which is a 25-foot cable, and it cost $10. The monster cable is 6-foot, and it cost almost $40. And the, the the one from Monoprice is twice as thick. The ends are gold-plated, whereas the Monster one isn't. 
I don't know. It just overall, it's just a brilliant. Right. I wouldn't say under no circumstances go to Best Buy because for some people that's their only option. I wouldn't and pay forty dollars for a six foot cable. Is what I'm saying. Don't make people feel bad because they have to go to Best Buy. If you need to, if you need cable, wait a few days. Order it from Monopoly. In fact, they delivered it within like two days. That's the key: is waiting. Yeah. Be patient. And you can get lengths of up to fifty feet, I think, on HDMI cable, which you'll never get in Best Buy. And for projectors, you do need long cable because. What's the odds that your equipment's going to be right underneath? Right, we're just lucky that we have the drop ceiling because the cable, we just feed it up through the cable, up through the ceiling and down the back wall and that's it. You don't see them anywhere. They're perfectly hidden. So our home theater's coming along good and curtains is coming next. I guess that's the... (laughs) Is that a question? No, that's not a question. Are you pressuring me? That's a directive. I have built a screen. I have baked <laughs> pies recently. I have baked wedding cakes. I just don't sew. I will sew when I feel like sewing. Well, I'm a renaissance woman. I know this, but sewing is kind of off to the side there. Okay, so that's the uh, home theater situation. Um, <laughs> moving on to this is the last week of our contest. We're giving away two copies of In the Name of the King, You Balls Masterpiece with Jason, starring Jason Statham. <laughs> Am I wrong in saying I'm, I'm not in saying I just laughed at you uh, saying masterpiece <laughs> because uh, um, question is the question is name two can you name and it's not really a question is it but whatever it is name, name two you ball movies based on video games and the and one you of the them. answers isn't Tomb Raider right? <laughs> no Okay, so I haven't looked since the first day we did this. Yeah, so that that will expire, and we'll have a new contest next week. Uh, moving on to what we've been playing in the world of video games, you haven't been playing anything, I, I take no. it. No. And I have been playing. I am so stoked for Grand Theft Auto. Obviously, two more weeks to go. Come on, Rockstar! <laughs> I decided to pick up another Rockstar release, Bully, and proceeded to play it the entire week, nonstop. Yeah, fifty-five hours on the game clock. I've finished it now. I got most of the achievements. I've just got to get the 100% one. It was absolutely fun. I loved it. You did? Um, it's a bit buggy. You had to ask me for help sometimes with your little tests. I did, yeah, because you have to go in English <laughs> class. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. You do speak English, by the way. I do. I, I'm not sure if you were I do, aware but of this. I don't uh, do anagrams so well for some reason. I have trouble with anagrams in Seen It as Yeah. Well. That's so, why I always win. See, there's a game we should play this week and then talk about it next week. I always... Nah. Well, I think you beat me once, maybe. Once. I uh, was playing seeing it on I'm my own raining, the other day for achievements. Well, that's the way you're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> just feel good about yourself. Because, I, I mean, I'm always really behind. And then in the last section there where you lose a bunch of points, I'm just like, yes. So while we're talking about um, Bully on the Xbox 360 and me playing it all week, that might have had a bad effect, me playing it all week. Because what happened? Uh, oh right! Yesterday, Ba-ching! the red ring of death. Yeah, another, once again, another red ring of death. This is number. This will be number eight. Xbox 360 number eight from the Ace Gully uh, household. You've purchased two and you've replaced them both now. And we've, we've multiple sat, times. We sat looking at both of them now. One is um, stood up on its end. It doesn't work uh, now. No, you don't want my opinion on the situation. Well, let, let's just let's just say when you get to number eight. In fact, when you get to number seven, this happens. <laughs> you become special. You, you become special, and you get the VIP treatment from Microsoft. Which, I, happily to happily to say, I did get it again this time. 
I've got my own customer representative who I can get in touch with. See, this is how they've brainwashed you. Well, okay, you now listen to me. Because you have now gone through, this will be eight different boxes. You've bought two. You've bought an extra one because you just, your plan was when they break down, I'll still have another one. That is my That's insane. And now you're discussing it and using the words, I'm happy that now I get VIP treatment. You've bought a shitty product. You well, get a lot of use I'm out not of it. Happy. I know you get a lot of use out of it. I'm not saying I think it's fantastic. I it's use a the fantastic thing every day. idea and it works a lot. But they've still got you so all of you wrapped around their little mini finger well, that you think it's fine. What I'm saying is no, I don't think it's fine, but I am being treated a little better than I have been the past six times. Usually it's Indian call center. That's called ass licking. They just don't want to lose all you people. Well, exactly, and that's what they should do. That's what that's what I'm getting at. Anyway, I'm, I get my own customer representative, and instead of having to wait a month or so, which you normally have to, if anything, if number seven is anything to go by, it'll be about a week, and I'll have a new one in my hands. And the lesson is, you can eat, the two ways to get it fixed quickly is have seven or eight of them break and or live in Japan like uh, Mr. Cheap Ass Gamer who says he his red ring he sent it in and got it back within like a week actually my story is kind of interesting because I don't think it is because I've had seven or eight break I was on a forum called NeoGaf and I there was a, a thread in there called my Xbox 360 red ringed and I lived to tell the tale that was the so in there Anybody who'd had a red ring the Xbox 360, and this was a huge post, 800 or so pages of it, posted and just Dad. said, yes, mine broke. And I just posted it in there and said, oh, today, this is my seventh. This was back when the seventh one blew out. Oh, I just, my seventh just blew up today. And, you know, just red ringed. And then, like, the day after, I got a private message in my inbox, and it was from a guy who I have no idea who he was, who said, I'm sorry to hear about your seven Xboxes. I have sent your story to Microsoft, um, somebody in Microsoft. And the day after, I got a phone call from them Hmm. saying, we're here to replace your Xbox, sorry about this, blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't because I'd had seven broke, it was because somebody. That's weird because just last night, I mean, that's that's an interesting thing that you post on a board and someone then comes along. and Because last last night, I went to Cheap Ass Gamer Forum because I was going to complain again about a couple of just irritating comments that were made. I didn't end up commenting, of course, because I got there and I had a private message. Now, I had posted on that board um, comp- complaining about something somebody said in their podcast and said that my nephew was working hard. He only could afford the Xbox 360 without a hard drive. Well, I had a message last night from days ago, obviously, and some guy said, I read your post and I heard them mention you and I have an extra hard drive that if you want me to, I'll be happy to send it to you for your nephew. Wow. And I was like, well, that's really nice. But I don't know if he was taking the piss. I don't know if he was serious. No, he probably wasn't. I just wrote There's back nice and said, I mean, that was like, whoa, I should have got his name. And you didn't even know this till I'm telling you. just reminded me of it because I was like, oh, that's Tell him yes, cool. please. <laughs> well, I told him he needs to work for it. But it was a very nice Well, gesture. yes, please. You'll send him $20 for it. <laughs> but that's, a, that's an interesting thing. You, you know, the yeah. internet's not a big, bad, evil place. No, and this guy, whoever he was, randomly helped me out. He obviously had a contact at Microsoft, and he saw that I'd had seven broken, and he just mentioned it to him, and then all of a sudden I get a phone call. So there are nice people out there. There are. And there are also dickheads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ass-luggers and dickheads. So that's our Microsoft um, 
bad-mouthing for this week. Well, I guess we weren't bad-mouthing. You're not bad-mouthing. You're right up in there. And I also want to mention that the PlayStation 3, I've had one since launch day and never had an issue. I've <laughs> not... also played it, like, a very small fraction. Well, I watch movies on it every we week. We watch movies on it once a week. Okay, so that's about yeah, You've not played any games, you say? Nothing. I've not played any games, but uh, I'll discuss podcasts here. I just downloaded a whole bunch the other day, and I would highly recommend, if you're like me and you like to listen to... I don't know how to describe the stuff I like to listen to. I'm kind of particular. But I found a bunch of podcasts on NPR.com. You know, the whatever NPR stands for. National Public Radio. Yes. Maybe. And they have, like, this food one called The Kitchen Window. And I downloaded all of them and listened to them all last night at work. And they're very... they're It's really good. I'm, I'm saying I would think all of theirs were probably are quality. Top quality. But the food ones were particularly interesting and... Uh, I was impressed. And uh, I've listened to... So I don't just spend my time playing games. You I've listened to quite a, I listen to podcasts all week. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've listened to some new ones this week. Uh, Scam School mm-hmm. from Revision 3, which is a... Magicians teaching you how to get free drinks. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of fun to watch. I like watching... The one that he did... The last one he did, I was like, wow, yeah. I didn't realize how you... I mean, I couldn't figure out how he did it when he, when he, he tells you how to do the trick, obviously. So it's a bit like Penn and Teller where they kind of give It's not like trick. Penn and Teller. Well, they do scammy tricks like that. <laughs> I know, street. but it's not like Penn and Teller. It's cool. He's a good guy and uh, it's Revision 3. Also, um, well, no new ones I've been watching. No, I listen to the HD. Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. All week I'm listening to podcasts. I, I reckon I get two a day. So I think they're the, the new form of entertainment. Definitely. I'd rather listen to them than watch the TV, you know? Um, so... And one of the best podcasts you can listen to is After the Show. That's a good one. <laughs> so, Funny enough, I didn't listen to that. Where can you get After the Show? <laughs> uh, you can get that on Zoom Marketplace. You can get it on the internet at ascully.com. What, what is that internet you're talking about? <laughs> you have to see the face that goes with that accent. It's really... What face? Inappropriate. It's kind of like Popeye. That's the face you have. <laughs> it's Popeye. It is popcorn. <laughs> you need a little popcorn called pipe over there in the side of your mouth. That's ascully.com. A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com. Um, you can also get that on a little thing called iTunes, and I think you can find that if you want to. And uh, But what happens if I don't have iTunes or Zoom Marketplace? <laughs> then you're probably not listening to this right now. So. No, but uh, what happens if I just want to get it some other way? Uh, send us a self-addressed envelope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll send you a written transcript. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll send you a CD with the. We'll send you a written transcript of it. No, with a written transcript. Yeah, that's probably. That's better. it. You're... <laughs> oh, I don't care. Um, you will. Well, anyway, you can get it on the RSS on any mm. any feed reader through RS, RSS feed. Or you can just go to the webpage and listen yeah. to it, right? Or, or you And you can email acecully.com with any feedback. And you can go to sidtalk.com. So that's C I D T A L K. If you'd like to read some, you know, stuff about art, and uh, I like art and the art. <laughs> and uh, all I want to say is uh, stay classy and eat some more pies. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to think for yourself because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. My dear.